welcome to Raw the Podcast with Emma and Amy, where we talk real and raw with mamas who have had to fight and be fierce, who have been thrown curveballs and faced adversity. We discuss everything from premature birth and NICU life to special needs and infant loss. Nothing is off topic. We hope that by opening up and being vulnerable, we can break down the walls and start to remove some of the shame and stigma associated with these traumatic experiences while helping other mamas feel less alone. I'm Emma, a rural living mum to two preemie and medically complex girls, Hazel Earthside and our warrior Willow up in the stars. And I'm Amy, special needs and medical mama to preemie boys James and Jack and a fierce advocate for the preemie and special needs community. We don't share your average mama stories and this isn't your average podcast. Raw is unrefined and breaks through the bullshit of navigating guilt, grief and trauma. I mean, let's be honest, we've been through more shit than some could ever imagine. So at this point, we don't really have a filter. But with this being said, please note, we do talk about sensitive topics in our episodes, which we know can be distressing. We give this warning simply to empower you, our audience, with the knowledge you need to make healthy decisions about how and if you should consume this podcast content. Please take care of yourselves and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. And lastly, let us assure you that it's not all bad and sad. Above all, we hope to shine a light on the life-changing perspective and appreciation that only these experiences can give you. We share the overwhelming joys and triumphs that our little miracles, both here and in heaven, bring to our lives. And we discuss the inspiration and hope we have gained from this community. While our experiences are individually unique, we are forever a part of something truly special. A community of fierce mama bears and their cubs navigating the storm. And together we'll roar. Happy Monday, Roarers. It's your favourite day of the week. I don't know if we make Mondays any better, but I really hope we do. It's just Amy again this week. We had to make some last minute changes and won't be doing the raw, real talk that we had planned as Emma's having to have some time out. So this episode is short and sweet and I'm going to make this intro short and sweet too. I roped Nadine into having a chat at the last minute. It's actually worked out perfectly though as she is the newest team member at Miracle Mama, my little small business, and she's now helping to manage my social media accounts and support our community. I've used this episode as a bit of an introduction to Nadine's story and why I think she's a perfect fit for this role. And so you guys can get to know her too. I won't give away too much here and let her tell her story, but Nadine has some really touching insights into a lengthy NICU and hospital stay during COVID and the added isolation of being away from home, along with the challenge of having older siblings of a baby in NICU. Nadine is super passionate about supporting the Premier and NICU community after her own personal experiences, and I know she has so much to give. I hope you love the app and we would be chuffed if you could head over and give Nadine a big warm welcome on our socials. Welcome Nadine, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I know it was very last minute that I've (laughs) wrapped you into this, so thanks for um, being here and sharing your story and yeah, we're very excited to um, hear your background, especially since you are going to be joining me um, as part of the Miracle Mama team. So yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Amy, for this opportunity. (laughs) I guess we'll go straight into it. I only got an hour and as usual we like to chat so um, first of all why don't you sort of introduce yourself a little bit about yourself and your family. So I'm mum to Harvey who was born um, back in 2020. I've got two other little ones Zachary and uh, Violet but um, over the past couple of years it's been a bit of a journey with Harvey. He was born at um, 25 weeks um, 
and we were in hospital for about four uh no five months all up and yeah yeah, he had quite a few surgeries in that time and then we were in and out of hospital afterwards as well uh quite a fair bit with uh catching colds aspirating and yeah just the normal premie little hiccups yeah yeah and so you're sort of local I guess more more rural but um you live yeah. in Wyala is that right yes so five yeah. hours away from Adelaide yeah yeah give us a little bit of a background into Harvey his story um why if you know why he was born prematurely and yeah your pregnancy leading up to that and his birth yeah so um Harvey well everything was very unexpected um I started having bleeding quite early in my pregnancy and um, they sort of brushed it off as a the subchromic hematoma when they had the bleeding around the, yeah. the baby. Yeah. And sometimes that can just be like a normal thing. So we didn't obviously really stress about that. Um, and then it got to about 20 weeks and we went for our scan and there was just no fluid at all around, um, obviously, Harvey. So they think that in the bleeding that I was having, I was actually losing my waters. Yeah, right. Yeah. So then we went up to Adelaide straight away, um, I think the next day after my 20-week scan, and we went to the um, MFM team, I think they're called, at the Women's and Children's. Yes, yep. Yep. And they, yeah, so they picked up that I was obviously lo- losing my fluids and um, Harvey was already behind in about t- uh, two weeks growth. So he was um, a little bit smaller than what he should uh, should have been. And um, my placenta was starting to uh, detach from the wall. So they were worried about that as well. But um from that appointment, they sent me back home to basically pack all of my things and go straight back up there because they didn't want me to be too far away from hospital Yeah. And in case anything else were to happen. And the night that we came back, I had probably the biggest bleed um, mm. and we had to go straight up to the Wyler Hospital and they were discussing whether or not they were going to fly me back to Adelaide. But because of how heavy the bleeding was, um, they didn't want to risk it in case it, like, up in the air I started, like, getting worse or something like that, I don't know, you know? Yeah. So then the next day we had to just drive straight back up to Adelaide. I had more bleeding and then that's when I just was admitted into hospital for a solid three weeks in that time in hospital, it was constant growth scans, um, a lot of those oh, steroid injections. Yeah, yep, yep. So those funny. nasty ones. I <laughs> know those nasty ones in the thigh. Yeah. They are the worst um, injections yep. I've ever had to deal with. Um, I think that was the like the worst part of um, yeah, all being of it. Yeah. In hospital was those yeah. injections. Yeah. But yeah, so I was stuck in hospital for that three weeks of being monitored and um the on and off uh bleeding and losing like whatever waters I had left in there. Um and then I think it came to the last day of 
when my bleeding started to cut off a bit, they're like, okay, you know, you can go back to the Ronald McDonald house, which was only five minutes away from the women's and children's. So yeah. I could just be home with my family because they could tell that it was taking such a mental toll on me being like stuck in that hospital room. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, every day not being able to go out and do Understandably, anything. yeah. It's, it's, um, it's rough. Yeah. Very draining. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the next day after I was discharged, I noticed that I was having um, just this weird stuff that was coming out, it wasn't like the normal bleeding. Yeah. So I took myself back up to the um, emergency and that's when they um, picked up that I had a high temperature and um, after that I started having contractions. Like you could see my belly going up and going tighter yeah. and tighter. Okay, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's when the they picked up that I had an infection and by the next morning I had an emergency C-section and Harvey was born. Yeah. Isn't it funny how, well, it's not funny, but the two times that you were sent home is when stuff happened. Like that seems to happen quite a bit from the stories that I've heard. Like how dare, how dare, you know, we go home and try and have some normality (laughs) or... But I'm quite surprised that they sent you back to Wyala after that initial, you know, finding all of that initial stuff. Even like, you know, Zach could have packed you a bag and um, yeah. and come and met you. Yeah. It was scary. And that that bleed, um, Zach, I think Zach's a bit traumatised from it because poor thing, like I just stood up and I said, Zach, like I think I'm bleeding. And he had to pick me up because it just, just all yeah. came out and it was yeah. Yeah, it was a and lot that's of so traumatizing and scary. Like that in itself. Like even if you have been bleeding, like I just feel like we downplay everything so much. But like that was your third child, and you obviously hadn't experienced anything like that in the past. Oh like goodness. how scary that is, and you probably automatically just thought that you were losing your baby. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was. I was <laughs> when I got to the hospital because Zach's uh, my partner. His auntie is a nurse there and she would have just heard me screaming basically saying you know like he's gone he's gone and that you want to just them to just scan your belly straight away so you can see that heartbeat and have it reassured but you in your head you just you think that it's not going to be there and then yeah when they done the little scan and I could see a heartbeat I'm just like such a relief like you, you can't describe it and you wonder how how they survive, you know, like they really are tough little things sticking in there, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, when he was born, um, obviously what gestation were you at then? Uh, 25 weeks. Yeah, and did you say emergency C-section? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so talk us through that. So with the emergency C-section, because of COVID and all of the rules, my partner uh, wasn't able to be in there, which was a bit, like, sad. Mm. And because of um, how fast the infection was attacking my body, they had to put me to sleep Yeah. because they couldn't risk my body, like, moving anything or anything, you know. Um, because there's obviously, yeah, big risk of you, that infection getting, yeah. like, transmitting to the baby, yep. 
Yes, and unfortunately it did. That's why he's still on oxygen now because he got he breathed a bit of it in and that's what caused the lung mm. disease for him. Oh, the poor thing. Yeah. But um, after I had Harvey, I got a phone call from one of the, um, I think it's a midwife that tells you basically um, why everything happened because they study your placenta. Yes, yeah. That like postnatal phone call or something catch up that they do. Yeah. Um, they said that they picked up a Brius mole in my placenta, which is something that is really rare. Like I haven't really heard of anyone else. I don't know if you have. I've never heard of it, no. Um, it's basically like my body was just trying to miscarry him the whole pregnancy, just trying to get rid of him. Um, it's it's like a subchromic hematoma, but I guess a lot worse and a lot of cases babies don't survive. Survive. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. But I'm still a little rare thing, hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird because my other two pregnancies were fine. Like I don't there's no yeah. reason I could could yeah. think of why it would happen. Just unlucky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so talk us like sort of through your experience of waking up after the anesthetic um yeah. yeah and then the following you know few days those initial days in NICU yeah so when I first woke up after my c-section I was obviously in a lot of pain and it is so emotional thinking you know yeah. is my baby alive like you don't know anything they're just waking you up and saying you know like you're okay yeah I remember that so well yeah yeah, exactly. The, the, so distraught, like in yeah, so many yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just want to know, like you want all the details, and yeah, yeah. Zach wasn't there, so I was like, "Where's my partner?" But um, yeah. once he came and told me, like, you know, he's like, "It's all right, it's a boy." Like, it's Harvey, he's alive. Yeah, it was such a relief, and you could sort of just like feel at peace, and you're not so stressed out and frantic. Like, but then those couple of hours afterwards, when you you just want to like see your baby, you can't even yeah. hold them. Like yeah. my other two experiences, I got to see my baby straight away, and this time it was just like a, in an empty room. You're waking such up a in. disconnect from it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, yeah, it's obviously a completely different experience and a, an experience that you're not prepared for. Mm. Yeah, especially I think uh, we've had, obviously had a lot of guests on here with, you know, those obviously traumatic births and premature births, but not, not many who have had, you know, a couple of normal full-term experiences prior to that. So mm-hmm. it's interesting hearing, you know, it would be such a shock Um and hearing your experience of having such a contrast in, yeah, your births. Um, obviously, I've only ever had premature babies. Um, yeah. I didn't even really feel like I'd had my baby. Um, yeah, yeah. Like it was just like, is this even real? Um, yeah. Again, not having had an experience, a normal experience, I just, it just didn't feel real. And I didn't feel like he was mine until I got to, no. to meet, until I got to meet him. Yeah. Because yeah. with, like, with Violet, my second, I remember seeing Zachary's face, like the excitement of, 
like his brand new little sister. But yeah. when Harvey was born and trying to explain it to the other two, they were just like, oh, yeah. you're just showing me photos. Like, how do we even know this is our brother or sister? You know, like they just didn't understand like that yeah. anything was even going on. They just thought they were away in a different town on a holiday. And it wasn't until yeah. he got out of hospital five months later that they could meet him because of yeah. the, like, the COVID restrictions and that. But um, So they, they stayed with you, you all stayed in Adelaide, your whole family? Yes. Yeah. Zach ended up having to travel back for work. But yeah. um, most of the time, yeah, we were all up in Adelaide. Yeah, and so they didn't get, your other two children didn't get to meet Harvey until he was discharged. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's just crazy. Like even that disconnect as a sibling, like how old were your elder two when you had Harvey? Um, so Violet was two turning three and we just had Zachary's fifth birthday after my first trip to Adelaide for hospital. Okay. So, so Violet probably didn't have, you know, a huge understanding of, of the whole sibling thing anyway at that age. But for Zachary, it would have been, yeah, like you said, he would have had that understanding that he's got a little brother coming and... Yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. All right, so how did Harvey go in those first few days and then obviously the weeks and months that followed? So in the first few days with Harvey, he done pretty good. Um, I don't know, it was so hard to sort of be in the moment and even understand what the doctors were saying in those first few days because, like, mm. after the C-section, you're so like out of it from the amount of drugs that you've had from the surgery like you yeah absolutely. you can't can't really take it in but he did he did do really good um obviously he, he needed a lot of help with his breathing because of his lung disease he had a little bit of uh, bleeding on his brain um and I think uh I think he had a little bit of a hernia but he ended up yeah. with two hernias in the end and had to have surgery for those but um other than that he he did do pretty good he caught an infection early on but he got over that pretty quickly like that was only like a week he wasn't he wasn't well um but no it was mostly his lungs I'm guessing that were the big concern yeah. yeah. So yeah. after the birth, did they, I'm guessing they treated him with antibiotics given that you had the infection? Yeah. 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 And was he ventilated then? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, is that, that's the one where it's just a tube straight down, isn't it? Yeah. He yeah. was ventilated. Yeah. Or intubated and ventilated. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Did it take him quite a while to sort of move down, you know, onto CPAP and, and then onto yeah. oxygen? I- yeah. I'm pretty sure he wasn't on CPAP until he was in NICU 2. And he was in uh, NICU 1 for about nearly two months. Yeah. But he ended up back in NICU 1 a couple times because um, he developed an eye disease and needed to have surgery for that. Yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah. He was up and down with CPAP and OptiFlow, but other than that, he didn't need to go back on any more um, oxygen, no. He was pretty yeah. good once he went down onto that CPAP. Um, yeah. yeah. All right, so after sort of that initial shock and, you know, the general anaesthetic wore off, 
how did you personally sort of manage, deal with, cope with NICU life? So the ins and outs of NICU, obviously you were in like NICU one, which for those who aren't in Adelaide, um, that's like, you know, the sickest babies. Um, Yeah, talk us through a little bit of your experience with NICU. So NICU, if you obviously have never been to NICU before, is a very, very big shock. Um, Just it's so fast paced as well. Like I guess you've got a nurse every baby. It's Mm -hmm. um, no one obviously is ever alone. Like there's constantly people around asking if you're okay. And those first few days of um, NICU, even like just the first month of NICU, um, it's just a too much of a shock for like a new uh, new mum to NICU. Um, I think my partner handled a lot better than I did when I whenever I was in there. I just felt so useless. Like, yeah. Usually, I would be cuddling and feeding my baby, but in there, like especially the first week, you can't even really touch them because they're so fragile and tiny. The nurses, like you put your little hand in there and they'll be like, no, like just try not to touch him this way or try to touch him that way. It's like you don't even know what to do with your own baby. So you just feel useless sort of like being in in there at first. But It's devastating. um, Yeah. Yeah. I'd sit there and look at him talking to him and having conversations and stuff but I guess I was trying to not get attached in case of losing like losing your own baby you're sort of preparing yourself especially those first few weeks when they are so small and like really that they're really fighting for their life um yeah yeah, it's a lot to take in yeah I can see the emotion in your face it's um yeah really really distressing um like I I remember thinking in NICU especially like I I remember sitting cot side again trying to remind myself like I was telling myself constantly this is your this is your baby don't worry Amy this is your baby eventually you you will be able to take this baby home cuddle them Yeah, yeah really tricky um and yeah that whole you know not even being able to pop your hand in there and touch them without it having consequences it's just yeah even having someone tell you how like you said how to how to touch your touch own him. touch yeah. your own baby it's just such a shock um yeah yeah all right so obviously he did keep growing improving um eventually came home obviously on oxygen and has been since is that right yeah yes yeah yep. he has been on oxygen the whole time um we finally got to wean it down about eight months ago but it's just been such a like lengthy process because of him being so unwell he just needs the time to recover with his lungs to even be able to wean off of oxygen. So yeah. every time that he's been getting sick, that just sets us backwards of getting to that point of that little achievement, you know, each knot yeah. goes, that goes down. But um, hopefully next month we'll be able to wean him off ourselves at home with the the home equipment at the hospital. So that will be good. Yeah. And how old is he now and what sort of things is he doing? So he is 
20 months old now, I think. I don't know. He will be two uh, in September this year. Yeah. And yeah. he is sta- he's starting to stand on his own. We're trying to get him to like take his first step. He's like, really cheeky. He loves playing with the other kids. Like I love seeing um, his like imagination with them. Like at such a small yeah. little age, you don't think that they're going to be that playful and, you know, like raw and crawling mm-hmm. away from them and screaming yeah. with them and stuff, which is cute. Yeah. Um, but he's like, he's slowly, yeah, he's slowly getting there. I feel like because... Once COVID hit our hometown, we made the decision to sort of just self-isolate away from everyone to reduce Harvey getting it. And um, in that time, we noticed a lot of improvement in him because obviously he wasn't getting sick. We weren't around anyone to get sick. And, yeah, he's done a lot of progress in that time, which is good and exciting for us all. Yeah, that's a common thing I hear in this community as well is how COVID has actually been a blessing for some, not in, not the actual yeah. if they've got COVID, but um, the isolating. And, um, and I mean, essentially a lot of us do that year round, or especially in winter if we've got vulnerable little ones. But um, you can see everyone getting yeah, a little bit complacent now and you just, I can see all the germs starting to spread again through schools. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. here we go. It's funny how quickly people forget if, you know, and now especially going into flu season, flu has been huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our kids got hit with it last week. Oh, right? really? They yeah. Last yeah. Week. yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, people, you know, don't realise that, you know, the flu can also be life-threatening for our little vulnerable ones but um I guess yeah what do you do (laughs) I was saying the same thing to my partner like we don't have to just worry about COVID like even just the normal cold can make Harvey like a hospital trip for him you know yeah yeah exactly and yeah but I guess other people don't you know realize that um because COVID was such a big deal and we were told we had to isolate with any symptoms but we don't for some reason that's not promoted with any other illness and like the flu you know it does kill and you just think oh you know those basic hand sanitizing and staying home when you're unwell suddenly that all goes out the door even though it's still (laughs) I know makes makes people so sick but anyway um I know we had an RSV scare with Harvey his last hospital trip um in December and the other two kids they handled that fine but Harvey he was like to the point where he was about to be ventilated again because he just couldn't hack it in the oxygen yeah, like, he just needed yeah. that much oxygen but yeah it just goes to show like the dip that how kids handle it differently yep absolutely all right I do want to quickly touch on the fact that you are the newest team member well the only the second team member, <laughs> I've never had someone working with me before, um, for Miracle Mama. So that's really exciting. Congratulations. You're going to be um, helping me manage my social media accounts and sort of, um, I guess, building up our community and being a huge support for families of premature and NICU babies and even sick babies. And you've got such like personal experience that you'll be able to, you know, weave through, through that yeah. and use. Um, so tell me, I guess... 
why you sort of applied for that role in the first place. So your passion about giving back. I know you've blogged a lot since having Harvey and you've been um, quite involved in the community already. I'm just mainly excited to be able to help other other parents and families that have been through it because when we were going through it, we knew nothing about it whatsoever. And I think it was two weeks into our hospital um, stay with Harvey that we were introduced to your page and even I was saying to my partner this morning, like your page like gave us a lot of support and I want to be able to do the same for other families as well. Yeah. Because it is a, such a daunting experience for people that have never, ever gone through that sort of, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And it's lonely. Like it can feel so lonely. Obviously five years ago when I, well, six years ago now when I had James, um, there was really limited support especially social media sort of support networks um where you could talk to other people and who got it um and I felt really you know as much as my family and my friends were supportive and wanted to help and understand they just couldn't unless they'd been there so I just love that you're um really passionate about this and that you've used you've used our products and you've seen the impact that the community can have and that you're going to be able to bring all of that experience and especially you know all of the other things like being through it with COVID, uh, being through it with older siblings and living away from home. You've got so much that you can offer. Um, so, yeah, really excited to get you um, get you in there. And um, I know our community will learn a lot from you and have be very thankful to have you on board. So that's Thank great. you. I'm excited for this opportunity. It is, yeah. like, very, very exciting. Yeah. All right, so I guess one other thing I wanted to touch on, what was your biggest support when you were in the NICU so far from home? Um, what some of your family and friends did that really stand out in your mind? Um, so some thoughtful gestures that they might have done or how you think that people can sort of support their friend if they have a baby in the NICU? Yeah, so I found what helped me in the NICU is, um, well, this support group because yeah. um, at the time that Harvey was born, there was a lot of other people that were engaging and th- that were in the same NICU, the same Skibu ward as yeah. me. So I got to um, eventually get um, keep in contact and create a little group chat with them so we get to support each other through our journeys together. Um, I didn't know that until you said that recently and that absolutely warms my heart. I didn't realise that you'd met your your little tribe through the Miracle Mama community. So, that yeah, that just, that's exactly why I started this is so that people can form those connections. And I remember, uh, I don't know, maybe it was a couple of years ago now, I had someone reach out to me that was going into labour at 23 weeks and she obviously... She'd had a full-term baby previously and she obviously knew no one that, you know, had had a premature baby, let alone at 23 weeks. Like that's so daunting. Um, And so she reached out to me and asked if I knew of anyone that had had a baby that early. Um, And just the fact that I can connect people like that who have similar stories because that's not something I could offer advice with. I'm not going to pretend that having a baby at 30 weeks I can I can help you through that experience. So I did. I connected her with a couple of people in our community who had twenty three weekers, and that's sort of why I started this. Like it's not a, it's not necessarily about me providing the support, but you guys yeah. fi- finding each other and people who are going through it at the same time and creating your own little um, like mums groups. It's just so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to, 
to this day, we ask each other questions and keep in contact, send each other photos of our babies. And yeah. like we're spread out. Like there's some in Murray Bridge, there's some in Jamestown, Adelaide. It's not yeah. just, you know, the one place, which is nice. Like it's really, it's yeah. good to see them all growing and striving, like yeah. being, you know, the little warriors that they are. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. What were the other things that people did to support you? Yeah, so even because it's obviously such a daunting time as it is, it gets too overwhelming when people are like demanding, demanding, demanding you to respond to them, especially when you don't even really know what's going on yourself half the time. But I just found when like family would just reach out and be like, hey, like I'm here, like if you need anything, I'm here. Even just simple things like making some dinner and dropping some dinner off or just little things like you don't need to buy gifts and you know yeah all the fancy things it's the small things that like help out the most especially when you've had a long day at hospital and you come home like you don't have the time to cook dinner or make lunches during the day you know yeah and even the, just yeah, like practical doing some yeah the practical yeah. stuff that you just yeah. don't have the time for like the household stuff and yeah that's definitely I um have written a blog, How to Help Your Friend Who Has a Baby in NICU, which has been my most popular and most viewed blog on my website um, because it's just really breaks down, especially that sort of stuff. Um, and like you were saying about checking in, it's checking in frequently but not expecting replies or not expecting yeah. your friend to be around for a while because obviously you just you just can't be. Um, yeah. I think in the future we might do a podcast um, focusing just on that topic because I think there is so much we can cover um, but I definitely think you're right especially meals like organizing a meal train in the local community for you know so helpful yeah it's just sort of thinking outside of the square and making life easier <laughs> in whatever way you can yeah yeah especially with you having other children I can't even imagine spending so much time in in, in Adelaide um, even just feeding <laughs> feeding your children through all of that, like finding energy to do a shop. I just can't even imagine how you you managed that. That's why we were so lucky with the Ronald McDonald house because they were a massive help. Like they have um, the Meals on Wheels that go there oh, yes. and yep. offer um, like a variety of dinners or lunches. So by the time that we got home from the hospital, we could just heat up like those meals mm, and that, yeah. which was really, really helpful. Yeah. But by the time that we went over to the apartments, like the long stay, we sort of had to fend for ourselves then. So yeah, yeah, it yeah. definitely gets harder when you're like trying to manage everything on your own. But yeah, I've heard yeah, I've heard absolutely incredible, incredible things about Ronald McDonald House and what they do. Um. It's definitely a charity I want to support in the future. I did was it was you guys that supported the Ronald McDonald House charities? Yes, yeah. We, I remember or Zach, Zach Zach was meant to abseil, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. And Harvey ended up in hospital. That was yeah. um I think we he got some fluid on his lungs from aspirating. Yeah. And we were in hospital for a few yeah. weeks. But yeah, he was supposed to abseil off of the um Was it the Intercontinental? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, one. in Adelaide, yeah, 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 and you still raised, you know, even though he didn't get the chance to do it in the end, you still raised a lot of money, so yeah, good on you. which was good, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's a charity I don't think people um think to support in the premier community because we've got so many other amazing 
charities, but um, it's definitely one that supports not just premier families, but obviously children of med- like medically complex um, yeah. with yeah. On- ongoing long-term health issues. And it's such a wonderful, wonderful cause. So, Especially for the rural families, like the, because um, that's yeah. what it's mainly for, the ones that are, yeah. I, a lot of, it's more and more premature babies are going in there as well. I think um, from with my support group, there's, two or three other mums that were that I met at the Ronald McDonald house as well so we were all sort of connected like through through that that. yeah yeah and that's the other thing it is you you do sort of meet some people there that can relate to what you're going through and that just shows why that connection and that people who get it it's so important because otherwise it can it's so lonely yeah yeah and I think like you know being so far away from home when you go through something like that it just adds an extra huge element of stress and um anxiety and it makes the whole experience even so much harder not that I've been there but I can like I said I can't even imagine doing that for such a lengthy period of time so to have people there who who understand it's um really needed so I love what they're doing yeah yeah all right well I think that's it unless you've got anything else you want to talk about or say no, I think we've we've covered everything. Covered it, yeah. All right, great. We look forward to seeing more of you. Obviously, you're going to be around a lot more and I can't wait for my community to get to know you and for you to get to know them and, um, yeah, to work nice and closely with you on this. So um, thank you for sharing your story today and we will all see you around soon. Yeah, thank you, Amy. It's good to speak to you again. <laughs> okay, thanks, Nadine. Thanks for listening again, Roarers. We'll be back in your ears again next week, as always. In the meantime, it's your turn now to go to your podcast platforms, leave us some love, give us a review, head to our Roarers Facebook group and interact with our beautiful community and listeners. There's so many of you that come back each week and I want you guys to get to know each other too. So I hope you have a wonderful week. Hopefully you're staying warm. It's freezing here in Adelaide. Um, We will be back next week. Bye.